Welcome to episode 58 of Tools for this podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things. And tonight, we have a treat. It's chapter 9 of The Mandalorian. That's right, season 2 has begun. It's The Marshall. It's a spoiler-filled review. Without further ado, on Nerd and Up Nerd, let's go. What up, player? What up, brother? DJ Kevy Kev. All the flex. <laughs> How you doing, man? JD the MC. All <laughs> <Of> the mic. <laughs> Is that what you uh, went out for Halloween as? Um, that's what I am every day, brother. <laughs> no costume every needed. Every day. That's my everyday costume. That's my walking around clothes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's who I am. Balls to bones. <laughs> Sorry. I'm feeling my rap persona right now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. I'm yeah. feeling it. How how was how your you? how was your Halloween? My my Halloween was cool. It was it was it was chill. Good. Um we um we had a we got a we had a very small get together. Okay. We just got Luke, Lucas together with uh two of his uh little cousins who are like the exact same age as him and Good. uh Everybody wore costumes and uh, played games like, and hide candy and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we put candy around the house and uh, they did like a yeah, like an Easter kind of thing, uh, grabbing it. Um, so many houses in the neighborhood were giving out candy, and so many kids were trick or treating out really? in the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, really busy okay. <laughs> actually. In our, uh, not like busy compared to a normal year, but yeah. like busy in a year where like. Like I was expecting, like you know, very few. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, there was a lot of activity out there last night, and I hope everybody's safe. Um, yeah. I hope everybody had a good time. But uh, yeah, I think we had a, a, a fairly safe and uh, successful Halloween celebration. How about you? How was yeah, your Halloween? Good. Um, so I spent the uh, weekend in Niagara Falls. Uh-huh. <clears throat> one of my uh, one of my friends, she owns a a shop in Niagara Falls, uh, downtown Niagara on Queen Street, uh, called Cat and Monkeys. Um, mm. She once upon a time it was like strictly a event center, so um, she would like do events there, like painting nights, and uh, they used to teach burlesque in there, and you know just different things like that. And um, since COVID happened, she had she had to turn it more into a retail establishment. So now she sells. Um, so she's really into. Um, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, she's really into like witchcraft and stuff like that. So it's a lot of like uh, trinkets for like um, like herbs and and um, little necklaces and 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 like shiny rocks and all this stuff right so um scents and incense and all these different things so Mm -hmm. um but yeah so um 
yeah, everything you need for a freaky good time. Yeah, no, like. absolutely right. So, um, yeah, so like I said, uh, she uh, they were doing some stuff in in in, in front of the store and and lubes. Do they sell? No, lubes? they don't sell stuff like that. <laughs> it's called spit, my friend. I saw it. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Do they sell massage oil? No, I don't think so. Oh, I don't think on. so. Um, yeah, I don't think they actually. They do have a massager in there. Um, okay. Uh, her her uh, business partner uh, does massages in in the loop, but not right. not ones with happy endings though. Oh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> They're legit. They're a legit hey, business. Hey, uh, uh, please, yes, I yes, I would never. <laughs> I would I would never suggest otherwise. Yes, yeah, so fair enough. So, but anyways, yeah. So, um, like I said, there's uh, Queen Street is basically. Most of it's shut down, so they had like a bunch of like, they had people out there selling like food and all these different things. And, yeah. Um. She yeah. She had like little games in front of the store, and um. They sold like they actually did sell beer on the inside and stuff like that. So yeah. Um. It was two nights. Um. I was there Friday and Saturday, but it was they had to keep the numbers down because of COVID, obviously. The uh huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. So but yeah. So it was not a super spreader event. No, it wasn't like a huge party by any means like i said i was djing and my buddy jeff came down and helped me dj on friday but um we actually had to we got a noise complaint we didn't have the music very loud but uh the people Uh upstairs apparently are assholes and they called the cops and they came they were actually really cool about it too right Uh Um, because we did have a speak excuse me outside on the street because Uh obviously we wanted attention to the store right yeah. Um, but again, we weren't blasting it. it like it wasn't like yeah. filling the whole streets. It was just loud enough. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those you can't you can't there. have a public event anymore without getting. I know. Concert. Yeah, it is what it is. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it was fun. I had a good time, and uh, yeah, no, it was good. So, cat and monkeys. If you're cool. ever in cool. Niagara Falls uh, area on um, downtown Niagara Falls, so it's like um, not it's not part of the touristy district. So it's like. It's in the freaky section. Yeah, it's in the downtown area of Niagara It's Falls. in the down to the real Niagara. Yeah, the real Niagara. You know You're exactly. Those exactly who right know, right. know. Those who know, know. Yeah, and if you don't know, now you know. So, so yeah. What happens there should stay there, but <laughs> don't count up. Don't count up. Fair enough. So, well, yeah. Cool, cool. You just you're you know what you were talking about um, you know businesses yeah. uh, adapting to COVID and you yeah. reminded me of the terrible COVID news that that I received in the last few days. Uh-oh. Like two of like the like local bars in Oshawa, like mm-hmm. where all the shitheads love to be, <laughs> uh, like got like, hit with COVID. Old establishments like like bars that have been there that are older than me, bars that were there before I was born. Yeah. Um. So like in, like just growing up in Oshawa, it's like these are like Oshawa like staples uh, institutions. Okay. Uh, shut down, gone. Oh man, really? Bye bye, closed permanently. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> gone. Unfortunately, not the atria. Mm. Uh. Yet. Uh. I'm praying that that the most evil anyway but um no uh i actually i have affection for these two bars that are closing i i, I said they're evil but mm-hmm. uh that it's the corral and the tartan and yeah they're not places where like i would go now that okay. i'm a grown-up but yeah. um well you spent uh, like a you lot know, of your youth there i'm assuming like not a lot no no 19 actually 20. i didn't go in my youth because i was a nerd in my youth and okay. i didn't i didn't drink i didn't drink until i was like in my 30s right. so 
uh, like back then, like I only went to bars to go like to like music bars to dance. Right. Uh, sober, which is weird. I know. I feel like I, it's weird even to admit that now. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I've even in my nineteen, like when I turned nineteen twenty, I was not a heavy drinker by any means. G Buddy's mad at me right now because I because I said that. It's all good. <laughs> it's like his whole life. I just said it was weird, but no, it was my life. It was my life. I no, was talking about. I, it. I feel saying, like I was weird, in the same. I, I was in the same boat. Like I didn't. I didn't get hammered and go to bars. I went to bars to dance and have fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's what it. Should yeah, be I, I anyways, guess it's something right? about being this age. It just, it, I don't know. You, like, I, I, yeah. I guess I, you get a different outlook the older you get on bars. I don't know, but maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. I could it's weird. Go I, to a bar. I feel, and buy I feel one like you don't unlock that mode sober. Yeah. Any anymore? It's weird. <clears> anyway, <throat> maybe it's because I'm an alcoholic now. I <laughs> that could be the case. That could that could be the case. I'm, I'm not saying it is. I would definitely saying it say is. I'm, I am far from an alcoholic. I'm a very social drinker. Yeah. Yeah. I never drink but at you, home alone. But you're a lot more social than I am. Like, I don't even go out. I don't. Fair. You know. I don't, That's true. You know. Like, last I, night. I don't, I don't um, drink that much. I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm not. No, this weekend was the first I, I time like I we, touched this alcohol. This took a weird turn. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, this weekend was the first time I drank since the summer, I want to say. Like, I, haven't, I don't think oh, yeah. I've touched a, a drink yeah. since probably, like, August. Like, maybe the last barbecue I went to. Yeah. But like I said, I'm a social drinker. I, I, I don't sit in my basement and get hammered. That's not me. So, no yeah. no judgment so, if uh, if anyone's listening that does that. Whatever, that's your thing. But, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah that's me. <clears throat> so. so, yeah, because these are, like, more, that like, mainstream dark. bars. <laughs> Sorry? That got dark. But anyways, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because these were like more mainstream bars. Yeah. They weren't like rock bars. They were like bars that like would play like country music. Oh, okay. Like top, top I think you say like, yeah, like and like, and shit. You know, like the popular kids from high school would yeah. go to them, right? Okay. Uh, there were not places that I hung out. But mm -hmm. like I had a phase like like later on, like, like my pre-midlife crisis phase yeah. <laughs> when I went to them a few times. Not, like, a lot. It was a, it was a short phase. But, okay. like, they were super fun. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, and I did, I, I do feel an affection for them now, even though, like, when I was in high school, I thought, like, that's where the assholes go. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Anyway. There was places like uh, that in Brampton, too. Like, I, I totally get what you're saying. But the thing but is like, about those bars have closed years ago. They closed way before COVID, right? So... Yeah, yeah. yeah we know it's wit witnessing COVID like take down these things that have been there my whole life. Yeah. It's it's shocking. It's shocking. Anyway. Yeah, I know it sucks. Uh, a lot of uh, independent businesses are getting hit because of this bullshit. Like, it sucks. It really does. Um, yes. Yeah, a lot of a lot of just a lot of businesses in general. But I think the little guys are obviously getting taking them a bigger hit than anyone else, right? So yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it is what it is. So. We don't have too much longer of this to go. Yeah, uh, I hope not. Knock on wood. It has uh, been quite a long uh, time so far that we've been dealing with this. Yes, yes, <laughs> anyway, shall we move on to the fun, exciting uh, thing of the week? <laughs> now. <laughs> or at this point. At this point. Shall we? <laughs> is this the way, Kev? This, this is. This is the way. Thank God, because I have been looking for the way for so long, and it's it's so hard to find. You yes. know, <laughs> it's nice to have somebody tell you. Here it is. I have spoken. 
Mandalorian's back. Yes, it it's is. season two. It's chapter nine. The Marshal. Uh, well, <laughs> if you want me to cut it, I can cut it. I just think it's no, nice. No, 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 I like it too. It's cool. It's been stuck in my head. Yeah. This damn music, by the, is so it's such a brain worm. Yeah, that's great. It's an earworm. Sorry, that's the term. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ludwig, man, Ludwig. He's uh, he's a genius, man. I didn't I didn't realize how good he was. I really didn't. great mm-hmm. so I'm just playing it low in the background so you can keep talking about the do the setup for the episode okay I'm just bobbing my head to it yeah and I'm picturing like let's, let's bob more talk <laughs> okay <laughs> so uh, in this episode uh, we pick up pretty much mid action yeah uh, in a kind of a familiar feeling introduction did you feel like the introduction was familiar yeah uh, Yes. Watching this, watching this... Mando walk in is in a sunset yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Very very um, into the into the town. Yeah. Very um, um, what's what's that? Good good bad and the ugly whatever. Um, Clint Eastwood. Very oh, western. Yeah. Very western, right? Yeah. Oh so yeah. Very whole, western. Well, that's the that's the theme of the show, right? I, I feel like it's the same feel that we established back in episode one in mm-hmm. chapter one. Yeah. Um, brought back, reinforced, called back. That's cool. A lot of callbacks in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be bringing that up a lot. That's on my mind. Yeah. Uh, but uh, here we go. Mandalorian and the child arrive at our first setting. Mm-hmm. This underground fighting arena. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, you know what, Kev? I don't know. You can you talk about this a little bit because Okay. I don't want to start complaining right away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I I will say this. And I even made a joke on on your post um when because uh, you wrote something about Mandalorian to please stop or something. I can't remember the exact quote. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I wrote that's graffiti. not what I meant. Graffiti but... doesn't belong in Star Wars. <laughs> right. You thought I was going to... And I totally thought you were going to fucking make a huge thing about graffiti. About graffiti? No. Yeah, about the graffiti it's in Star like Wars. It's not like boats. Yeah, Like, boats okay. are one thing. Yeah. Graffiti is a different thing. Like, right. there could there could have been graffiti in Star Wars. There's just We just never saw any. Yes. It's not okay. I agree. I agree. But I, I, I'll be honest. I expected you to make a big stink about it. Okay, <laughs> and that's well, why I wrote that. And I, I, I was giggling like a little schoolgirl when I wrote it. Not gonna I guess lie. I deserve. I guess I deserve your low opinion. But <laughs> <laughs> so just the way you're going on about boats don't belong in Star Wars. I totally I still, thought, I'm firm on that. Boats yeah. do not belong in Star Wars. Go fair ahead. enough. Fair enough. So yeah, so they go into this, uh, this shady underworld. I guess you can call it um, fight. Right. Um. <clears throat> uh, okay, so before they get into there, they're walking down the street, whatever, and they're showing the walls, and it's got like graffiti of like stormtroopers, and I'm pretty sure I noticed. To me, it looked like a a C3PO <laughs> on the wall. Um, you know what? The graffiti looked really scary to me. It, yeah, it looked like well, it looked it, like C3PO was in there. Yeah. It looked like some looked like maybe 
there was a little bit of like iconery, like 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 these are the heroes of the revolution who mm-hmm. overthrew the empire. Maybe yeah, you're right. You're right. Iconic um, imagery, maybe like hero worship of of the heroes from the original trilogy. Yeah, which I would love if that was the implication. Right. That's which it probably, that's kind of something I've been wanting from. It this. probably was. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I'm actually just scrolling through the episode right now, and I'm I'm doing a freeze frame. I mean, it totally looks like Sweet Thrupeel. Like, uh, I'm not saying it's yeah. identical, but yeah, there's definitely stormtroopers on there, and they're like, you know, crossed out, and there's all this different stuff. But to me, this just sets up like, it's it it's like a, a I think I used the best word was shady, a shady like part of town, right. a shady yep. uh, in this case probably a shady planet. Uh, maybe yep. it's a planet with not very much money, and it's a lot of crime on this planet. And this is why we have. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the species right now. It starts with a G. Gamorian? Is it Gamorian? Uh, yeah, the fighters. Uh, the Gamorian guards yeah, from so, Jabba's palace. Um, so yeah, you so see their same race fighting. Gamorians yeah. are, are fighting. They're, they're, yeah. they're in a fight to the death in this, in this thing. So they go into what felt like to me, like they were walking into blood sport. Like I was expecting Kumate. <laughs> a chance to start any second because it felt yeah. like they were walking into a blood sport arena. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, essentially, um, he's going there to meet this, uh, dude who I believe you brought up his name. It was played by John Leguizano. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Gore uh, Koresh. Right. Uh, I'm not even, uh, that's purely from memory. I'm not, I didn't even look it up. Is that yeah. right? I'm looking right now. Uh, fuck, where is it? I have the page open, but I'm not seeing like Zeno's name now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Gore Koresh. Koresh, yes. Who I it totally called when we did the uh, the trailer review. I totally said that's Mark Hamill. That's fucking Mark Hamill. Right. I was wrong, right. kids. I was nope, wrong. Not Mark Hamill. Yeah. John Leguizamo. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, no, John Leguizamo is awesome. Um, but yeah, um, so he goes to meet this guy, and it's funny because I don't know if you noticed, but uh, when I was watching it, I did notice that one of the guys looked very shady, like a couple feet away from him, right? And I was looking yeah. at him like, that guy's going to do something, right? The, the, sec- the second time you watch it, you notice uh, everyone around him is yeah. shady and, and given side eye a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So clearly uh, something's up. So anyways, um, I don't remember the line. Uh, you probably remember, but uh, the Mandalorian says something to him, and he's like, Near do I, and then he shoots the the Gamorrean. Is, I don't leave my fate up to chance. Yeah, that's what it was. Because he he wants his Beskar, he wants his armor for the yeah. information. Because he heard there's another Mandalorian, and he wants so to the, find him. Yeah, the setup here is Mando is is he's got a meeting with Gore Koresh because somehow he's found out that Gore Koresh may know the. Uh, a whereabouts, the location mm-hmm. of another Mandalorian. <clears throat> yeah. So when he comes to meet <clears throat> Gore Koresh, he finds out that he's walked into a trap and yeah. that Gore Koresh is really a Mandalorian hunter of some kind mm-hmm. who has a has a like a gang and what they do is they hunt Mandalorians, take their armor and sell it because the Beskar metal is so valuable. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. I just no, wanted no. to No, that's yeah, perfect. Lay that down. Go ahead. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, of course, uh, 
this is the part that we get in the trailer <laughs> where um again I don't remember his exact line but this is when um hmm? the whistle when he uses the whistling birds yes thing? the whistling birds yep. and yep. uh the cute little moment where uh I, I don't even want to call him baby Yoda because everyone calls him baby Yoda I'm gonna call him the, the child, child. I'm going to either call him the child or Kevin because I don't care. His name is Kevin. <laughs> so where Kevin does the little thing where he hits the button, of course, because he knows what's coming. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so. And yeah. thank, thank the force that they put the child back in the floating crib. Yes. Because having him walk around, like I said, was mm. maddeningly stupid. Yeah, I have no problem with him walking around, but I get your I get your I point that he he would be too too little to keep up, whatever. It, not physically possible unless he mm-hmm. was the force to float. True, I would have accepted that. I would have. Mm-hmm. I would have. Yeah, he's using the force to float. That's fine. Like I over walking. That was. I would have been way better than anyway. Sorry. Yeah. So how'd you feel about the little fight part here? Um, I thought it was a nice little fight. Um, uh, the one guy punches him, and of course it it. It swings his head into the other guy, knocks him back, and all that stuff. And you notice? Do you notice the weird edit? Mm, which it, no. halfway through the fight, watch it right now. Okay. And there's there's a there's there's a point where somebody's attacking Mando, and there's a weird jump cut mid swing, and the whole like frame kind of skips. It's really awkward. And really? I I thought maybe the first time I was watching it, I thought maybe my Disney Plus just, just skipped. skipped. Yeah. But I watched it again today, and no, it's there. There's a weird, bad edit in this fight scene, oh, okay. I think. I didn't catch it. But Yeah, no, I just looked at it right now, actually. I didn't catch that. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it right now, so mm-hmm. um, when I get to it, I will give you the exact time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, no, I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. I totally derailed what you were saying about the fight. It is a cool fight, I mm-hmm. thought. Uh, except for that weird edit that yeah. threw me out of it each time. Um, I like how the fight scenes in this are very Star Wars feeling and they're very mm. Western feeling. Yes. It's a, you know, uh, it was originally um, the way Star Wars was made and uh, it feels great. I thought it was great that he actually like killed people. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, actually, a lot of like, people get killed yeah, in this episode. Knife the, the dude right in the, right in the heart, essentially. Well, yep. depending on species where his heart is located, but yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then the the little guy uh, runs out of the arena, and of course he chases him down and strings him up by his uh, his ankles, and uh, basically yep. uh, he gives up the, the information that there is a Mandalorian that he saw on the planet of Tatooine. So uh, we're going and back Mandalorian, to... Mandalorian is surprised because I spend so much time on Tatooine, yeah, I would have known one. that. Yeah, and he never saw and, and we're all surprised, maybe, that Mandalorian never heard that. <laughs> anyway, but. But I like the little part I, here, too, before we uh, jump to the next scene yeah. where he's like, he's like, promise you won't kill me. He's like, um, I'm, I, I won't kill you, whatever uh, the exact quote is. And then uh, he starts walking away and he's like, cut me down. You, you said you weren't going to kill me. He's like, I said I wasn't going to kill you. And then he shoots the light and then. Uh, those those eyes that we saw in the dark previous, which I forgot to bring up, uh, when they're walking through the shady uh, city, um, start to close in on him because clearly there's some kind of night night creature who are afraid yeah. of light. Yeah. A la pitch black. <laughs> and I'm, 
I'm sure if we were big enough, like Clone Wars nerds, we'd know what these creatures are because they were probably they using that. Yeah, they they probably. I I think everything in this episode came from Clone Wars. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here before you go too much further because mm-hmm. I don't I, I want to comment on uh, the this the, the events that you've already discussed. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, this whole <clears throat> this 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 city that we're in, I don't know what it's called. I probably should. Somebody probably knows. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's kind of like the like uh, towns that we've seen in the previous season, uh, but it also kind of feels like underworldy more so. And it it felt like when you're watching Clone Wars and they're depicting the lower levels of Coruscant, mm-hmm. um, especially with the graffiti. Uh, and uh, and this fighting pit and everything, right. um, you know what? I have little gripes about all of this. Like I, I, I want to look up on IMDb who actually directed this episode. Uh, John Favreau. Because no way. Yeah, it was John like, Favreau. There's no way. Okay, I'm calling bullshit on that right now, Kev. I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think Disney is lying to us about so much about Mandalorian. I, I like the, the whole scandal with with uh, with fucking Pedro Pascal. You know the rumors that we were talking about earlier, where they like where they where supposedly he, he threatened to quit, yeah. and they made they made him happy by saying you can just be a voice actor. You mm-hmm. don't have to actually get in the suit anymore right. because he was mad that he. That he was mad that they kept him in the helmet the whole time. Mm. I don't even know if I believe that. I think that may be a planted story. Yeah. I think it may go back even further. I think it may be the original deal was we're going to hire you, Pedro Pascal, and all you have to do is be a voice actor. And then when people reacted angrily about it, they were like, oh no. And Pedro Pascal probably complained saying, wait a minute, guys, this is giving me a bad image. Like people are are mad that they're not seeing my face in the show, and I w- I'm a great actor. Maybe you should use my face. By the way, um, I and I think Disney released the story, a different story about him being mad, that made it look like oh he was supposed to be in the show more, and he wasn't supposed to be a voice actor only. But I think that was always the fucking plan here. I more than likely, I totally just. I don't believe John Favreau directed this episode because I think this episode was directed really badly. And I know John Favreau is a great director. And besides the big action pieces, like, like the end, the third act, which is like huge and epic in scale and totally cinematic. I totally believe he directed that. Mm-hmm. But when it, when it comes to stuff like this scene, this fight scene, the conversation, the John Leguizamo scene, uh, conversations later on, that we're going to talk about. Um, like they just seem like they were filmed by like the crew without a director on set or, or, or the team that made clone wars because it just feels like a cartoon show so much. And why do you think there's, it's so bad. I thought it was fine. the conversation with John Leguizamo. <laughs> the dialogue was so awkward. Okay. The, his character was an underground, uh, like, underworld crime lord who had like an accent as such but he spoke in like uppity english with no contractions and i don't remember the exact dialogue that really bugged me now i should have wrote i should have written it down mm. but the dialogue was clearly not written for 
the type of character that he was portraying. And it came out so awkward and clunky and awful, I cringed at John Leguizamo's dialogue in this scene. And I'm debating complaining about some things in this because some things I think are so much like the original trilogy that they're the thing, but they're kind of stuff that people complain about the original trilogy. Like Mm -hmm. I really think they shouldn't have gone with the real rubber heads for the Gamorreans in the fight scene. When the, when the Gamorreans rubber heads were bumping into each other, they looked like rubber heads bumping into each other. They, they flatten and like, like, like you're squeezing a rubber ball. It was obvious they were wearing rubber heads. It was obvious they were actors painted green. Like their bodies were like human bodies. But then they had these rubber heads on with like Shrek hoods or something that covered the shoulders so you don't see where the rubber meets their skin. So you're saying you'd rather see a CGI Gamorrean garden? I don't I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't rather maybe if you yeah, maybe I would have rather seen a CGI Gamorrean guard. I don't know. But or maybe some kind of augmented rubber head. I like they do combination of CGI and, and real now. A lot like like John Leguizamo's character, right? That mm-hmm. was probably a rubber head, but it had a CGI mouth, right? right. Uh, I felt like they they just let those Gamorrean guards rubber heads just lay there on the screen, and it was it it kind of felt like corny, but it kind of felt like original Star Wars corny, right? Like those old corny practical effects. People have an affection for that and actually want that on the show. So I, that's why I say I don't know if I should complain about that or if I should think, oh, like that's – I don't know. Anyway. I definitely didn't feel the same way you did about that. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but, yeah. this, is why I let, this is why I let you go first. I know yeah. that I'm the only one who's going to complain about Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, but um, like what else? I don't know. It was fun, but it was – I guess at this point it didn't bother me that we're really repeating the episode one, chapter one opening, mm-hmm. like story beat for story beat. Um, but uh, it was cool. Whatever. It was cool. When he hung the guy up from the lantern and then he said, uh, I promise you won't die by my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew you knew he was going to kill him without, you know, actually kill him, like kill him indirectly mm-hmm. uh, or leave him to die somehow. And yeah, they set up those creatures with the glowing eyes on the walk into the building. Yes. So on the walk out, he shoots the light and the creatures with the glowing eyes obviously were afraid of the light. And that was the only thing protecting them from them the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they come in and they eat the guy. Uh, it's a cool, it was a cool ending. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still fun. I just, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> no. I have complaints. Anyway. Yeah. On. No, there's nothing wrong with that, dude. I just, uh, just I, I'm just saying, I, I disagree. I thought the uh, the Gamorrean guards looked fine. Um, I didn't think their heads looked bad at all. I bet you, if you watch it again, you'll agree with me. I was watching it as we were talking about, it. and it looked okay. fine. <laughs> so, but anyways, that's my two cents. They smoosh into each other, dude. I didn't know that. Flat. At all. I didn't know that. At they... all. Maybe, okay. uh, maybe your Disney Plus is in uh, SD. And... <laughs> Hold on. I... Whatever, it's all are good. Saying, I, I like I said, saying, I watched. Are you saying you're not? <laughs> I watched. It? I watched it, and it looked. They look fine to me. I didn't. I didn't see anything. I'm gonna get you an exact timestamp. Hold on. It's all good, man. Don't, let's just move on. Okay, fine. Let's move on. So, um, so okay, where does he go after this? I'm sorry. Um, to uh, 
Tatooine, no? Yeah, he would go straight to Tatooine. Right. Okay. So then we get to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And, and we see uh, a familiar an face. Old favorite, an old film favorite character from mm. season one who also has really terrible fucking dialogue, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I cringe. Yeah, no, whole, I did cringe at her and dialogue, poor, And poorly directed again. The whole conversation, one shot, no cuts, no face-to-face, just the two of them talking just and just letting her go. And I don't know. I want to look up her past. I, I'm going to make a prediction right now, Kev. Mm-hmm. I bet you she's a voice actor. Uh, I bet you she's a voice actor who's done some work uh, in Star Wars. One of these actresses who who worked with these guys. What's her name? She, I don't know, but mm. she delivers her lines in this scene like a voice actor. She sits there and she puts a lot of inflection in, and she puts a lot of um, emphasis in certain places of her dialogue, and she's kind of just frozen. She's kind of just like stiff. And 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 the editing again, the way this film is, the way this scene is directed, is mm-hmm. terrible. Like they they needed to cut her dialogue up a little bit, uh, and and rewrite it for sure. Um, the the droids are cute again, but mm-hmm. I nothing new with them. Kind of just like the same stuff you always see with those droids. Anyway, Except now I, we I'm now complete. we realize that he actually doesn't hate droids as much as he did first season. Right? Okay. Yes. This is uh, the one of the things they do in this scene setup, yeah. is they sh- they show you character progression, and all of these guys who went to writing school know that they have to do that. Uh, they have to show character progression, or people will complain. So mm-hmm. we have to have this dialogue where Mandalorian goes, "Oh, it's okay. Let the droids look at my ship," mm-hmm. and and then she goes, "Oh, it's okay now." He, 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 you know, so so we put a big emphasis on the fact that we got a little bit of character progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, that annoyed me. Sorry, <laughs> nah, no problem with that. Uh, but yes, we got some character progression. The best part of this scene, the the part in this scene that made me smile, was R five D four. Yes, uh, big surprise. It was one of the only things that we don't know about season two already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> R five D four was in this episode. It was nice to see him uh, and uh, see him displaying maps R two D two style. Um, so you know what, Luke? Maybe you made the wrong choice. Maybe R five D four would have been fine. It, he, he looks had a like bad he's motivator. Doing a good job. Yeah, but I yeah. guess that bad motivator got uh, repaired. He he found the motivation somewhere. <laughs> he found the motivator to change his motivator. Yes. The motivation to change his motivation. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, the the technician tells him where the town with the Mandalorian supposedly is in it that he's looking for, mm-hmm. and he and borrows his speeder bike. And it's not on any maps, apparently. It it's on the, right. She shows her she shows him on the map where it is, but nothing appears on the map. Yeah, where it is. Yeah. So, um, then we get, uh, you know, I, again, stuff that we've seen before in this show, mm-hmm. we get the Mandalorian riding on the same speeder bike across Tatooine. the dunes of Tatooine. And I will say, although I thought, okay, they're spending minutes and minutes showing me stuff they've already showed me before, like in detail, mm-hmm. um, 
it looks a little better this season. I mm-hmm. think they Im- they improved their process. Uh, I did not cringe at watching the speeder bites go across the dunes this time like I did last season. Mm-hmm. When I felt like the digital painting needed a little more work, I feel like they put that little more work in this time. Right. Um, as Mandalorian and the child are arriving in Mos Pelto, mm-hmm. which is the little town where the Mandalorian is rumored to be the one that he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I have big complaints again. Of course I was like, did. I was like, <laughs> no, man, I, I wanted to like this. I didn't mm-hmm. walk in with a negative attitude, but mm-hmm. did it bug you when he rode into town and all of the actors were standing there like NPCs in a video game in a row like one person in front of every building and as the camera pans by them and as the Mandalorian Dude, looks at them very western they, that's a very they western they all do they all do okay, one how many, movement how many one westerns action. how many westerns have you watched when <clears throat> okay, when, okay, when the dude comes strolling into town on a horse and yeah, everyone's like so looking deep. at him from their from their man. respective businesses or whatever it may be and it yes, was but, exactly but, like that None of these characters seemed like they had a reason to be standing there or sitting there. Same thing in Westerns, though. No, that's that's what he's going for. In Westerns, you have, you know, you have a guy loading a cart with something and then the horse gets scared and the heart and the cart gets pulled away. And there's people standing around. Yeah, talking. But like... Like there's in this, there's people standing around pretending to talk. It's clear. Like it's not... they. None of these people understood what their characters were doing in this scene. Right. They were all they were all just told stand there, look like this, and when the camera meets your eye, do your one move, do your one reaction, and that's it. That's your and it was it's bad, dude. It's not good. It's I know I know it's western, but it's not good. It's And 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 I'm going to complain again. Why like why does every building on Tatooine look the same. Now, this is like the third town on Tatooine we visited now. Mm-hmm. And all of the buildings are... It looks like the same company came in and 3D printed the same every town on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And, like, nobody ever built a different building. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, even... like. On Earth, in full desert communities, there are different architectures you'll find, right? Like... It's it's just like it's just we're we're sticking to the basics of Star Wars so closely that we're losing any re- feeling of reality. Any verisimilitude is just sucked out of this thing by this. It feels like I'm sorry. It feels like a cartoon. It feels like maybe the guy who just spent two decades making Star Wars cartoons is in charge of this damn show and making this show with the same fucking team and the same fucking way he made those cartoons because that's what it looks like to me over and over again. Like maybe these were designed because it's a sandy planet and they're designed to keep sand out of your house. I don't know. It's there are other ways to do that without without cookie cuttering the same <laughs> building over and over I, again. I feel it's like just, it's just uh, it's just the design for that planet, and again, but that I, just but, but it wouldn't that be that way. That doesn't bother me. The only Does thing that I thought was kind of kind of kind of stupid in in this whole town is that the bar looks very similar to the bar on Mos Eisley. That yes, was that was my only complaint of that. Because when they walked in, I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> Like so. take a little take a little creative risk. Like let it like hire 
a creative designer and have him design something that we haven't seen but still feels like it's from this universe. Like, like take a little risk. Don't give us familiar over – like this whole episode, Kevin. I'm telling you, this whole episode, what is new besides the crate Dragon – what was the new element ever in this episode? They're about to go on a quest to kill a a creature that lives in a hole mm-hmm. exactly the same way need, he did in <laughs> season one. And instead, <laughs> instead of Jawas, he's got Tusken Raiders yeah. behaving be, Tusken Raiders who are behaving like Jawas, by the way. Mm-hmm. And and in the end, they find the fucking I'm jumping now. I'm yeah, jumping you're to jumping the to the end. They, they find this pearl and they celebrate exactly the same way the Jawas yes. had the egg from yes. the creature, and they sell it was exactly I, I, the. I fucking agree. I agree with thing. you. With it that. is so yes, derivative 100%. and cheap because I was. I thought the exact lazy. Same thing. I lazy the exact as same fuck. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. You digress. Thank well, you. let's let's talk about the episode. So thank you. Yes. Anyway, Mando yes. shows up in this town, and we get through this cringy scene of him just, you know, taking a look at everybody standing in the street for no reason. Mm-hmm. In the desert, yeah, let's go. Let's all just stand in the sun in the desert for no reason. Good idea. Wait, um, you don't suntan? Kev. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, you know my you know my complexion is very delicate, and I have to stand in the sun. There you go. Practically a ginger. Yeah, anyway, there you go. Um, so then we go into the bar, and we have Weequay. Is Weequay a character from from Star Wars? Was Weequay actually one of somebody from Jabba the Hutt's court? The bartender is is who I'm talking about. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I I'm I'm looking this up right now. He, well, I, he's definitely part of a species, right? So I'm sure. Yeah, but I feel like the name Weequay is familiar. I feel like he might have been from Return of the Jedi. I feel uh, like there was a Weequay action figure. Yeah. Uh, I, from Return I, of the Jedi. I, I uh, clicked. On I digress. That. Anyway, he meets Weequay the bartender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "You gotta." Oh God. Sorry, I'm looking at Weequay. Oh, no, it's a race. Weequays were a sentient species native to the desert world of... Okay. Yeah. So that's why I was familiar with the word, because he's a race. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so the subtitle said Weequay. I thought it was his name. It was just what they called him because he's this species. Right. How racist of Star Wars. Right. Anyway. <laughs> What if he was just a black guy and it said they black just, guy? Just black guy. <laughs> Can you bar imagine keep. that? Can you imagine that? <laughs> right. Oh God. That's <laughs> probably something I would do. But right. um, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant mm-hmm. arrives. He's the marshal. He's got the Mandalorian armor. He's got dun 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 Boba, Boba Fett's, Fett's armor. Armor. Yes. It, it would be shocking if we didn't know eight nine months ago, but. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, he walks in with Boba Fett's armor. He's the marshal. Um, he immediately pops the helmet off for that big shocking moment. Oh, you're not a Mandalorian. Oh, now there's trouble. Um, it's very Western feeling. It's very standoffish. Mm-hmm. Timothy Oliphant, to me, elevates this episode. Timothy mm-hmm. Oliphant, to me, saves this. El- well, the, the, final, the final action sequence and Timothy Oliphant together 
save this episode, make it totally watchable to me, make it totally worth the time. Um, he's a good actor, man, and 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 well, I couldn't help but wa- but think during this scene, Timothy Oliphant was doing so much face acting. And it was fulfilling my need for real acting <laughs> on this show so well mm-hmm. uh, because everything previous to this in this episode had bothered me so much. Um, Timothy Oliphant suddenly lifts it up and I'm suddenly upset again about Pedro Pascal because the camera is going back and forth between Timothy Oliphant doing this amazing face acting mm-hmm. and Pedro Pascal's mask. And I know for a fact that Pedro Pascal is a better actor than Timothy Oliphant, right? Mm-hmm. So... Just the way that Timothy Oliphant is elevating this thing for me, I want Pedro Pascal to be able to do that too. And Pedro wants that. So I totally get his frustration. And this this just reinforced it for me. But mm-hmm. let me get back to the let me get back to the positivity. Um He's he's lovable and dangerous at the same time. He's played this type of character before, first of all. He's um he's from Deadwood, he's from Justified. You know, he's played these these southern badasses before. Mm-hmm. He knows he knows this role. Um and uh <clears throat> and it's great. It's it's great. You know, you immediately you, it looks like Mandalorian's gonna throw down with him to take the armor right off his body. Mm-hmm. Um and he's not willing to give it up. And uh it's too early in the show for this big showdown to happen, so you knew they were gonna be saved by uh by some plot armor, and the plot armor arrives. Mm-hmm. And it's the crate dragon. Yeah, the crate dragon. Were you familiar with the crate dragon before this episode, Kevin? Um, this was the same thing that we saw in the desert in A New Hope, except it was a large skeleton. Right. So, so we finally see the skeleton from A New Hope come to life. Yes, it's this giant dragon. I actually think this thing looked so much. It not exactly. No, the eyes were different. At first, I thought this might be the thing that the Millennium Falcon flies into in Empire Strikes Back in the asteroid. Right. Um, but no. Uh, no it's not the skeleton, skeleton yeah. from Episode 1. Or Episode 4, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's a giant sandworm. Yeah. Uh, very uh, dune Very Tremors feeling. I, I, I got the Tremors from this. Yeah. I was expecting Kevin Bacon to show up anywhere with a cowboy hut. Yes. <laughs> um, so so yeah, this, that was my first thought this, about that. This giant sandworm shows up, shakes the earth, um, and eats uh, Bantha whole. Mm-hmm. And it's a shocking moment. It's a land shark. That's how I would describe. Yes. Crate dragons. Yeah, yeah. They're land sharks. Yeah. They kind of they they swim really fast through the sand, mm-hmm. and they pop up and eat you. Um, and they're giant. Uh, so the way this plot goes is Cobb Vanth, the marshal, uh, offers Mandalorian a deal. He says, you see how much trouble we're in here because of this thing? You see why I need this armor so bad? Um, uh, if you let me, uh, if you help me kill the crate Dragon, I'll give it, I'll give it to you. But mm-hmm. if you, but I need it to kill the crate Dragon otherwise. Yeah. Um, let me just, let me just say we skipped over something that I wanted to touch mm-hmm. on. Uh, this, the scene, the scene where they show you. The Marshal Cobb Vanth flashing back, getting the armor in the mm-hmm. first place. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, you, town... you haven't you haven't skipped it because um, I'm watching. Oh, it's it later on. Yeah, it's a little later. Oh, I'm sorry. Did yeah. I get it out of order? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, because he uh, where I'm watching, he just literally ate the Banth right now. They just watched it. Right. Go through the town. 
<clears throat> okay. Yeah, no, anyway, he explains to him that he got, that he bought the armor for some, from some Jawas, mm-hmm. but later on they show a flashback of him actually getting the armor, which is cool because it's giving us lore, it's giving us the history of Boba Fett's armor, it's showing you the path you that it took. You did skip one thing, though, which I thought was kind of yep. cool. Go ahead. Um, so they hop on the speeder bikes, and of course right. they show Mandalorian first, and then up pulls um, Cod Vanth. Cobb Vanth, Vanth, Vanth. Uh, on his, and it looks vaguely familiar. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was kind of kind of cool, <laughs> and very it's, it, and very it phallic like it, at the same time. Because I don't know if you noticed when he pulls up, he gives like this look, like yeah, mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, um, but yeah, it's sorry. basically the uh, the jet from Anakin Skywalker's pod racer. Right, which uh, I thought was cool. I thought it was a nice little touch. Uh, right. Clearly, I, I think. Go ahead. No, I was going to say clearly it was abandoned, and he obviously uh, found it and turned it into a speeder bike. So I thought that was kind of cool. If it was, it was the same nice one, it could have been the same kind of engine. It didn't have to be the same engine that was Anakin's, but it was basically um, the same because I googled it, it, it when, it I, when I saw it. But it looks it looks identical. It's almost the exact same thing, like even with the color scheme yeah. on it. It was a total callback for sure. It was intentional. Yeah, sure. it was just broken down, like it was missing pieces, yeah. whatever, right? But yeah, no, yeah. I thought it was really, uh, really cool to, uh, throwback. And we were talking and I, about uh, throwbacks for episode one fans in in the first season, and this one was a perfect one. Like uh, our friends over at Star Wars Underworld must have loved that. So for sure, yeah. uh, no, I'm I'm sure they love all of this. Um, mm-hmm. But in particular, I'm talking about that moment. Right. Seeing that, right? Because that's what they related to. Because that's what they watched. That's what they grew up on was the prequels, right? So. Yeah. <clears throat> Essentially. I totally friggin' lost my train of thought. Yeah, um, so you were talking about uh, oh, the, the flashbacks. Okay. No, his Cobb Vance speeder bike? Yes. To go an extra little nerdy level here. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe it's actually technically a swoop bike, which is a different thing. Okay. It's um, it's actually that's what they are. They're like, there's like gangs called swoop bike gangs on Tatooine, supposedly, um, where that's what they do. They just build bikes out of salvaged uh, like rocket engines, mm-hmm. and swoop swoop bikes are just basically a big rocket engine with a seat attached to it. Right. Um, but they drive like like a speeder bike, and they're you know. But they're just way bigger, way more powerful. Mm-hmm. And if you played the Star Wars role-playing game in the 90s, mm. then you were familiar with spook bikes. Yeah, okay. uh, probably an invention of Timothy Zahn, um, which is weird. I never give him props because I, I hate most of his stuff. But uh, he consulted on the Star Wars role-playing game heavily and put a lot of this lore in place that uh, I uh, s- ascribe to today. Even though Star Wars really has no lore the last Jedi, or sorry, the rise of Skywalker proved that to us. Mm. Anyway, um, so yeah, so we get this scene where they where they're riding their speeder bikes through the desert together now, mm-hmm. and again, now I'm mad. Um, I was just happy about Cobb Vanth and Timothy Oliphant and how great this character is. I love this character. Um, I, did it not bother you, Kev, that he was riding his swoop bike through the desert? At full speed with no eye protection. <laughs> like, did it not Sorry. occur to you that he you would like be blind? Pick at every little thing. 
Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't bother you at all. Didn't, like, didn't, even, eat... didn't even cross my mind, to tell you the truth. Like, th- does realism not matter to anyone? Like, there's... Uh, didn't even cross I... my mind. Dude, you realize if you drove that fast through the desert with no eye protection, you yeah. would be blind. I, I you suppose. Would... What? I suppose. You... But yeah, I did. That did that didn't even cross my... I, I was too focused on the... Episode episode one uh, callback to uh, to care about I I wear at this point. <laughs> so it really bothers me, man. It yeah. bothers me the same yeah. way that Cara Cara Dune Cara Dune's hair never changes. That she walks around in armor instead of real clothes when she's not in battle. <laughs> like that that like it just goes back to this cartoon thing for me. Like mm-hmm. if these are cartoon characters, then yeah, they don't have to wear goggles when they're riding through the desert at like 500 kilometers an hour. Um, and, and Cara Dune can have her hair flat ironed all the time when she's going into battle, even though she's a friggin' supposed to be a heavy machine gunner of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like she could be like glamorous too. Sure. Uh, it just feels like a cartoon to me when they do this stuff. I don't know. Like we're in the desert. It's really harsh and you're, your hair looks great, and and your eyes are wide open, and you're talking to each other while you're driving at 500 kilometers an hour mm-hmm. on your spe- on your separate bikes. I don't like. It. Anyway, uh, we go back to the flashback scene, and the flashback scene is cool uh, because it starts with the galaxy celebrating, not the galaxy, but the people in this bar celebrating the news that the second Death Star has been destroyed and they're watching a hologram of it. They're watching the news in the bar and they're celebrating the Death Star being destroyed. This again, as an original trilogy fan is the kind of thing we always wanted to see. We always wanted to see the reaction of the rest of the galaxy. Um, and we're getting that fleshed out here in real time in this episode, in this flashback scene. Um, so, uh, the backstory of how Cobb Vanth gets the suit, it goes, uh, the Death Star gets blown up. And then immediately the town gets taken over by uh, some kind of mining gang, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, Some criminals come and they they all have the same armor, so they're some kind of organization, not just like not just like a loose group of criminals. Um, But they take over the town. They make them a slave town. Mm -hmm. Um, And Cobb Vanth runs for his life, Um, and he ends up in the desert, and he's nearly dead. And of course, what happens when you're in the desert in Tatooine and you're nearly dead? A Jawa sandcrawler pulls up yeah. and saves your life. And um, he happened to have one of those coolers again. It's another. It, the the yeah. joke of these coolers is now being repeated again. Yeah. Um, it, I, I don't know if it's still well, he funny. Stole it, but right? he stole it from yep. uh, from their ship right. or yes. their little whatever craft, whatever. Yes. Um, and so he stole he stole a cooler full of um, valuable gems from the biker from the evil gang. First of all, before it's, a, he fled. It's, it's an ice cream maker. Yes, it's an ice cream maker. Sorry. <laughs> um, so he stole the ice cream maker full of full of some gems, some yes. very, uh, very valuable gems. <clears throat> yes. And uh, so he's in the desert and he's dying of thirst and he's got an ice cream maker full of valuable <laughs> gems and he comes across some Jawas. Yeah. Wow. Um, what luck. Uh, so um, they save his life and he uh, buys the Boba Fett armor from the Jawas who have it on their sand crawler. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know how Boba Fett's armor got into the hands of the Jawas. Um, 
but we also don't know if Boba Fett's alive at this point, yeah. even though we do, because the news that he was going to be in this season came out like 10 months ago. Yeah. Um, if we didn't know that news, we didn't, we wouldn't know that Boba Fett was alive at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where was I? Um, so yeah, uh, he gets the uh, Boba Fett's armor and he comes back to the town and the the story is supposed to be that he uses the armor to liberate the town from the mining gang. Mm-hmm. But in the scene, he just shoots them all and they only shoot him once and hit the armor once. Yeah. So if that one shot maybe would have killed him, I guess you could say he needed the armor to save the town. But it looked to me like all he needed to do was walk in and shoot them because he's a super quick draw, super... Like, um, what, what's the term for like the Western gunman? What do you mean? Like, quick he's draw? a super Western gunman. He's like, he's de- He's a deadly with his pistol, right. with his blaster pistol. Okay. And, um, yeah, it didn't look to me like he needed the armor to save the town, except he did use the rocket pack missile yeah. and blow up but of course, the rest. Of the it made him look badass too at the same time, right? Of course. Because even the barkeep didn't know who he was. Right? Can I say I'm even more mad? I'm even more mad. Okay. (laughs) I just realized this. I just realized this. I just realized this. You know how I was mad about him not wearing eye coverings when he's riding the speeder bike? Mm -hmm. He's wearing his Boba Fett armor. He just doesn't have the helmet on. Like, why wouldn't he put the fucking helmet on? He's got it right there. No, no, on the speeder bike. Yeah, no, I was totally thinking the same thing when you said the eyewear. He should have just wore the helmet. <laughs> he should have just wore the helmet. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. He had it right there. Yeah. I was thinking he should have like grabbed some goggles from one. Like there were there were there were townspeople wearing goggles. He yeah. should have walked by one and went, "Hey, I need those." Grab before he jumped on his speeder bike. Uh, like, but no, he had the Mandalorian. He had Boba Fett's helmet. It's so stupid. Like John Favreau did not direct this episode. John Favreau did not direct this episode. Maybe the action scene. Maybe. I, the rest of this is Dave Filoni, Clone Wars, cartoon stuff. I'm sorry. Anyway. Go on. He liberates the town. He uses the rocket pack. It's cool. It's cool. It is. And I'm, and in this episode, I, I'm going to say... Boba Fett's armor gets more action than it does in all of the movies, mm-hmm. right? Especially from the later on. Scenes. Well, we finally see in the jetpack, or not the jetpack, the uh, the rocket pack. I mean, yes, <clears throat> right. He's he never and, it, and it's cool. Yeah. No, you see the view the viewfinder that yep. from straight from the action figure, come up, go whip, and you see him. It, it locks on, and it's yes, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it it makes you wonder where does the supply of rockets come? Like uh, it's. I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. The same thing with the whistling birds, right? Like yeah. it's one use and then you got to go back to the armor to get more whistling birds because mm-hmm. that's a Mandalorian weapon, right? Yeah. When you use the rocket on the Boa Fett jetpack, you can you just go to the rocket store and buy another mm-hmm. rocket and stick it in there? Uh, I would think it's I would think it's also a Mandalorian thing. Yeah. But um I don't know. I I'm I guess we're not going to try to apply any verisimilitude to the Mandalorian at all. I I understand complaining about reality in Star Wars is a very nerdy, annoying thing to do, but mm-hmm. I complained about it at Game of Thrones. Uh, why can't I do it to Star Wars? Anyway. All good. 
anyway, uh, he's the, the flashback. It should, yeah, he saves the town with the mm-hmm. armor. That's in it. Cobb Banth is a good guy. He's a likable guy. He's he's you know, he's he's tough, but um, he's I, he's not shady or scandalous or anything but a good guy in a, in any way. Do you think? Um, no, he did come off shady to me at all, actually. Right. Right. Which yeah. I was thinking, you know, ex- at first you expect this. Like this you always expect a double cross, whatever, what's right? up with but this? yeah, no, uh, yes. yeah, no, just Timothy Olaf- Let's let's have more Timothy Oliphant on the show, please. Oh, I'm sure he'll be back. Yes, because they I- even say like, "I hope we cross paths again" or whatever. Right? I'm sure right. he'll be back. Yeah, but will it be for yeah, anyway? Let's yeah. not. Let's not. Well, okay. Um, so then, what happens after the flashback? Let's. They go into uh, the desert, um, and they they get they get uh, greeted by those uh, dog like creatures, right? Those dog lizard type creatures, right? And, uh, and, we, and we get and we get this scene where the Mandalorian speaks Tuscan and uh, negotiates with the Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. And we see the tension here. Cobb Vanth doesn't trust these Tusken Raiders. He's had to kill a bunch of them because they raided his town. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 classic Western, you know, when the townsfolk have to work with the local Indians mm-hmm. uh, to to protect their common interests from the. I don't know who the fuck, but one thing um, interesting about this um, that I I heard is that. Um, one of the, uh, you know how they were speaking sign language? Apparently, yes. one of the Tuscan Raiders was actually deaf, and, and this is how they, they learned sign language for the show. Oh. So, a little uh, tidbit. Cool. So, they were speaking actual, like, sign language, American, yeah. American sign language? I would assume American. Uh, it could have been made up Star Wars sign language. It could have been. I'm not sure. Right. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, apparently one of them was legit, like, deaf in the, uh, in the costume. And yeah. um, I guess that person, I think, I believe it was a girl, if I remember correctly, if I, I think I heard it was a girl. Yeah. And uh, and she taught, I guess, like Pedro Pascal, the sign language, and the other. The other if you uh, believe that's Pedro Pascal. Yeah, well, whatever. You know, whoever's in the fucking costume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, I want to talk about the Tuscan Raiders a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I liked them and I didn't at the same time. Um, I. I, again, I feel like they're not dirty enough. They're not gritty enough. They don't look like they live in the desert enough. They kind of look like they're wearing costumes uh, mm-hmm. for a show. I feel like they need to get on that a little bit. I feel like they all look too much they the look, same. Like, yeah, no, I hear that. They're very, like very uniform. Yeah, very you uniform, can't very... Uh, decipher one from the other. But yeah, yeah no, they no... they basically look just the same way that they did in uh, A New Hope. So yeah, the ones yeah, in the, A New the, Hope I, were I, the grain, the grainy, you know, film of of A New Hope didn't mm-hmm. show like the costumes this in high def, right? True. So you got to make them dirtier. You got to you got to mess them up for this a little bit. I think yeah. anyway. I don't. And 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 this identicalness of the Tuscan Raiders, it's weird. Unless unless you explain it that it's like part of their religion or something, mm-hmm. uh, like their nomadic tribe living in the desert. But there's yeah. a part here that there's a part here that made me cringe so hard, Kev. Do you know what it is? Get, Can you guess? What before this? before I guess, um, maybe they just didn't want to mess up Lucas's original. But that's what that's what's what bugging I mean? me. Doesn't, no, doesn't but that bad you get what I'm like, saying. Like you, yeah, you you don't. 
I totally. I get, get what that. you're yeah. saying, but at the same time, if I was directing this or whatever, I I wouldn't want to shit on the maker. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna give a Tuscan. I'm not gonna give a Tuscan Raider fucking dreads, just so they look different from the other ones. You know what I mean? Like, I I totally disagree. Yeah. I totally disagree. I. But I do see what you're saying. Like, they all look generic. They're all they all basically look the same. They're a nomadic tribe living in like basic in like homeless conditions. Mm-hmm. They, you know, look at look at real tribes like this on Earth. Like, you, you can tell they're all part of the same tribe, sure, but like like they don't all look identical. Like, right. you know, they they have their individuality. No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> So, so yeah, again, you're saying... again, again, unless it's a religious thing, you have to give some, you have to explain something, you know. And I know that the mantra is just like remind people of Lucas, give them exactly what Lucas gave them, right? Yeah. Like take this exact costume that was used in A New Hope and duplicated exactly in the costume shop, right. like a hundred times, because that's what that's what the fans love. But I'm saying the fans are are are. are in large number adults and will notice if you don't like like give them a product that that feels realistic to them a little bit and mm. and 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 have the creative balls to say look we're going to we're going to color this in a little bit it's still going to we're still going to stay true to what you remember but look we added these dog creatures in these CGI dog creatures mm-hmm. And and they're really cool. They add a dimension to this culture that is cool. It makes them more dangerous. Right. Makes them scarier, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it worked really well. And it's a total CGI element on top of that. But then, like in the middle of that, we pan across a, a close-up shot of a Tuscan Raider brushing the teeth of a Bantha. Mm-hmm. And... That alone doesn't bother me, but the way this is shot, it's so bad. It looks like it's from like Sesame Street. It looks like Snuffleupagus having his teeth brushed by a Sesame Street character. It's it's awful. And it's and again the camera just sits on it for like a few seconds too long. And I'm just like, what who the fuck directed this garbage? Like John I don't believe it. I don't believe it, dude. I don't believe it. I just just Again, like I don't believe I, I don't believe Pedro Pascal's in that suit. I had no problem with I, that. I had no problem with, I, with seeing a I fucking think, Tuscan Raider brushing its teeth. I didn't I don't I you, thought it was fine. Are you watching it? It's, yeah. He doesn't look like he's really doing it. He looks like he can barely see out of his mask. He he looks like he, he doesn't know what to do with this object. He looks like he's barely touching it. Mask. Why would the Bantha sit there with his mouth open like that? Like maybe he enjoys it. You don't know the creature. <laughs> maybe he likes his uh, teeth being rubbed. The bantha's frozen. <laughs> you don't know. The bantha is as frozen as the Gamorrean's head in the fight scene. What do you mean it's dude? frozen? It moves. No. <laughs> Hold on. I'm watching it again. It moves. It's not frozen. It hardly fucking moves, dude. But like, it moves. Frozen and moves are two different things. He right? doesn't look like he's so really frozen, brushing his teeth. Yeah, it does. He looks like he's he looks like he's making a brushing motion over his teeth. He doesn't look like he's even touching it. It looks like he's brushing like, I, me. 
it looks like a digital element composited with a practical element no, it and, doesn't. and it, they can't touch it he looks like he's he looks like he's not touching it it looks like he's touching it to me man kevin kevin you're not <laughs> jeremy i don't believe you i don't believe you. i don't believe you <laughs> it's fine i have no problem with it it looked fine and is that what your uh, big beef he's is not, with the scene? He's not, cleaning, is... he's not cleaning anything off those teeth. He's not cleaning anything off those <laughs> he's teeth. He's massaging his gums. He has gingivitis. Anyway. Then they do the ritual and yeah. and, and and he's gotta drink the, the stinky Tuscan the stinky juice. Fungus juice. Yeah. And and why does it Confant just put his helmet on and say, No, I'm like him, I don't take my helmet off? Right. Like like again, there's this whole thing about why is Confant always out of the helmet next to Mandalorian in the helmet and and why I don't know, man. I don't know. This whole helmet thing I think, uh, I'm telling you, there's there's so much bullshit in the with air that, with though, this whole helmet deal. I think with uh okay. Here's why I think he wasn't wearing the helmet. Okay. I don't think they want to confuse fans because clearly he's in Boba Fett's armor. Uh huh. And if he's in Boba Fett's armor throughout the entire episode, people are going to think that he's Boba Fett. Right. Maybe that's why they made the decision to only have him wearing it a few times throughout the episode. Sure. Maybe. For the I distinction think it's... of Boba Fett and this character. I think it's because we have Timothy Oliphant and. In every episode, we pair up somebody with Mandalorian who is an actor not in a helmet so that we can have like a human face to and connect a to. distinction too, right? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Um, but I just think Timothy Oliphant gets to be the human face that carries this again. And mm-hmm. Pedro, Pedro Pascal is sitting in a studio recording lines, I, I swear. And, right. Um, uh, we get this. We get Pedro Pascal using his flamethrower. Yeah. I, I, I said Pedro Pascal. I meant the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Uh, uses his flamethrower, uh, which he does in every episode, which mm-hmm. I think is funny. I think it, I, I now, I, now I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get them riding on Banthas. Why would they be riding on Banthas? Why would they just ride their speeder bikes next to the, next to the row of Banthas? Like, I, I don't know. I don't anyway. know. Maybe they don't want to scare the Banthas. We had a we have a scene later on where they ride their speeder bikes next to the band. I actually like the I like the fact that they were riding Banthas. Actually, um, they kind of have like this this like snail type like walk where yeah. they kind of like go back and forth, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Like looking at it. I don't know that was yeah. me though. Yep. Um, you know, very familiar, the very reminiscent though of season one when he was riding on that creature whose name I forget, yes. uh, the two legged thing. Yeah, yeah. I um, know what you're saying. Uh, I forget what it's called that, too. Right that now. thing swayed back and forth Gorgon too. Gorgon or something. Yeah, was it a Gorgon? something like that. I remember though thinking that looked really bad when he was riding on top of that, and mm. thinking this looks a little better than that. Well, they only showed they, they only too, showed the right? mantis. I think from no, yeah. Is definitely what, practical. Sorry? This like what when yeah. they were oh, running yeah. them, those definitely practical. It wasn't yeah. CGI. Where yeah, where the uh, yeah. those creatures were ninety percent CGI, and I'm sure the close ups they sat on whatever yeah. like part of one. Right. So we go to the Crate Dragon's cave, and uh, we get this great epic big feeling set this time. It's the it's it's like way bigger than the last cave he went to to kill a big creature yeah. in. 
it's like ten times that big. Can I ask you a quick question, actually? Yeah. Uh, I was watching some uh, some other guys review uh, this, um, John Campion being one of them. Okay. And um, they made reference to aspect ratio. Right. Now, when I watched this, I didn't catch a difference in aspect ratio. Did you? Um, you know what? I don't have the technical knowledge to put a lang- to put um, that name on it. But something really bugged me this the whole time. I was about to say it. Okay. Uh, when we get this big scene, I feel the actors standing in front of the screen on the set, on the digital set they make this show on. Mm. This was the first time the digital set stands out to me. It feels weird. It feels like I'm watching actors in front of a giant screen. Uh-huh. Um. So if that's what John Campia was talking about with aspect ratio, is that is that what it sounded like you no, were saying? No, aspect ratio is like okay. So you know when you watch, um, I'll, I'll use I'll use like the the Batman films for for an example. Yeah. Um, did you watch them in IMAX in the theaters? Yeah. So there were certain scenes that were shot with IMAX cameras. So yeah. when you're watching when you're watching the movie in. Uh, in in the NIMAX theater, um, all the films with like like the dialogue, it'll look like like um, a widescreen TV. And then when they go into these big shots, like for example, when the Joker was on um, on that truck hanging off of it and whatever, in uh, that big huge um, explosion underneath like Gotham, the aspect ratio grew. So it took up more of the screen. And then when it went back to like regular camera, it went back to widescreen. So you see like the black bars on the top and bottom. And then when it goes into IMAX, it fills the screen. Get what I'm saying? That's yeah. what, that's what I mean by uh, aspect ratios. So anyways, um, apparently uh, they were saying something about it going into IMAX mode, which I didn't catch. Okay. So, I, I don't know. I was just curious if, I don't know, when you watched it, did you catch this? Because I didn't. Because it looked I, like widescreen throughout the entire thing. I felt like it switched from a TV show to a movie to me. Yeah. I felt like, oh, yeah? I felt like yeah, um, for sure. I, like, okay. that, that, that's why I kept delineating earlier when I said the big action sequence at the end felt like it was directed by John Favreau because mm-hmm. it felt cinematic. Um. Whereas a lot of the episode before that just felt like flat and TV. Okay. Um, so again, like I don't have the language to describe it the way they do, but yeah. Um, for sure, I felt like a weird thing here. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I didn't notice it. Um, I I panned through the entire episode again after watching that review, and and the aspect ratio of the screen looked the same throughout the entire thing to me. So I don't know. I don't know what they were referring to. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look into that and maybe come back and revisit this topic next. Yeah. Okay. Next episode. Yeah. Um, because they're next claiming episode, that we, went into we may IMAX, have but yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is cool though. Uh, this big set. I mean, I mean, I can complain again. It is so reminiscent of the episode in season one where he goes to kill the creature in the hole. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and you just pull the Jawas out of the plot and you mm-hmm. replace them with Tuscan Raiders and it's so reminiscent. Yeah. It's only ten times bigger yeah. and 
And again, like this is, I feel like this is a common recurring thing in this episode. We're going to show you something that's almost exactly the same in season one, mm-hmm. but we're going to show you how, how we do it better now. Um, and I guess I, I I guess there's points to be scored there, but I I feel like man, are like if we see, are we gonna see him hunting another creature in a hole ever? Like yeah. if that happens again on the show, are we gonna? I'm gonna vomit. Like yeah, yeah. don't like you. I don't know. It's just the, a little too familiar sometimes. But mm-hmm. um, like again, I feel like the only thing that was really original in this episode, like there's a scene here where he's talking the town into defending themselves. Uh, the same way he does in an episode in season one, yeah. Yeah. like I, there's so much like that. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, man. There's I so felt, much that I felt we the can't exact same way. Don't worry, I okay. felt the exact same way watching this. Okay, too. okay, uh, okay. It, it felt familiar. It, it felt reminiscent of yes, two past episodes that we've right. already seen. Right, right. With like, but with like a different different twist, but right. essentially the same turnout. Right, the the episode that 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 I really hated the most, episode four, the one where they fought the ATST the yeah, they, to, to yeah. defend the village, yeah. is the one that this probably feels the most reminiscent of, and uh, except for the whole training montages. Sure, <laughs> right? There was no training montages. No. There was well, just a lot of Tus- Tuscan Raider Tuscan Raider politics instead. Yeah. Um, which is more Star Wars? It's better. Okay, this is better than definitely than Chapter Four. A yeah. lot better. Yes. Um, because the final act is cinematic in scale that I would say is like reminiscent of the scale of the finale of last season. It was so huge. This, this action scene, mm-hmm. um, this, this crate dragon is so massive and it is just swallowing up Tuscans and villagers and they're fighting it with giant crossbows and big pits full of explosions and, Mandalorian and uh, Cobb Vanth both fighting it in full like backpack uh, jetpack like flying around Mm -hmm. Um, really great stuff Uh, like in the in in this third act uh, we get more like Boba Fett's armor in action than we do in all of the Star Wars movies Uh, and 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 it's fantastic and uh really cool um this is the stuff that i john favreau i think directed yeah because it's like iron manny stuff right Mm -hmm. it's like and it's good um it's funny to me though how i i didn't i didn't really hit on this really hard in in like in the backstory of Cobb vanth getting the armor they really treat this this mandalorian armor like when you're wearing it it's like a superman suit like and it's just, it's hard for me to like really accept that because like like you're still just walking around with just like your chest protected and your shoulders protected and a helmet on, you know, you could still be killed so easily wearing this stuff. Yeah, uh, you're not Superman because you're wearing this armor like no. in real life, but I feel like the show kind of sells it that way. Um, um, but like. Uh, it's it's fun watching them fly around with their jetpacks. It's fun mm-hmm. watching Cobb Vanth use. He uses another rocket, so he had a spare somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shoots the crate dragon right in the eye with it. Um, really cool, really cool uh, third act here. Um, so much epicer than what we saw in back in chapter four with epic-er. that battle with the, with the AT. <laughs> I just That's, made up a word. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> 
but that battle with the ATST, <laughs> I just want to keep going back to how bad that was yeah. and how mad I was at at, at the show, like doing something that cheap and that bad. Like this third act makes up for that. Like it is so cinematic and cool and big and expensive looking and feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? The one thing that I was uh, kind of weirded, uh, not weirded out, but a little bit confused by, you know, when the, uh, the, uh, the creature was like puking on, like it was like, uh, it looked yeah. like acid at one point. Yeah. The, the, the creature starts vomiting bile on everything. Yeah. And, you wonder if it's acidic. They they don't really show. Yeah, the that's what I'm saying. They don't you know? show the people like corroding yeah. and dying. It's more just like gross. It's like a Disney yeah. gross out moment more than like a horror moment where people are dying from it. Like yeah. people die a lot in this episode. Uh, like Cobb Vanth blows up a speeder full of people. Yeah. Uh, he shoots a bunch of people. Mando stabs some people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of violence and death in this episode. But they, I think they're going to stop short at something like melting people with acid on right. camera. I, I I'm think guessing little, they died. Uh, I don't know. It, it I would looks assume, like it. I but... would assume they died. Yeah, and yeah. you want to think that at the end, like you don't want to spoil the big the big ending, but you assume that like Mando's armor protected him from that. Well, he, um, they never got peeked on. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. spoil too much detail. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, the the crate Dragon was very badass and very creative. In, in You know, it's not too reminiscent of Dune, I guess. Um, I, I'm so, I, I, but I did kind of get butthurt about Dune when I saw this. I was like, oh, yeah, you, you get to have your giant worms, but I don't get my giant worms for another year. <laughs> kind of feel. That's funny. Um, anyway, yeah. um, I don't know if we want to talk too much more. Um, in the end of this thing, there is a big Star Wars Easter egg. Yeah. Um, I already complained about, oh, there's a couple of things about the ending that we haven't said yet. Um, Might as well okay. say it because we're spoiling huge, this. Right? Huge, massive spoiler. Yeah. Um, Boba Fett shows up in the end of this. Uh, they just, they just show his, they just show him standing there in the desert. Yeah. Um, it's the actor who played, uh, Django Fett in the prequels, yeah. uh, whose name I should know. And I'm blanking on right now. Sorry about that. Everyone Tamara Morrison. He's also Aquaman's dad from the Aquaman movies. I mm-hmm. thought he was much better in that, honestly, but he's not a bad guy, not a bad actor. Um, and uh, we knew 10 months ago that he was going to be in this, and here it is. It's not a big surprise. Um, here he is. Um, he's probably going to come get his armor back finally. Uh, you know, uh, We're going to find out why he didn't come take it back before, I guess, at some point. But uh, the thing that I was gonna, actually, They're probably going to write him off as he would be turned into like a fucking hobbit like Obi-Wan or something on this planet. That's my like guess. Maybe, oh maybe he's given up his ways maybe he's yeah. taken a vow of pacifism or something yeah something uh I hope not because I want to see him in action I want to see him put the armor back on and mm-hmm. and be in action and I want to see him actually fight Mando I I want I want him I want him to be an adversary not right. a friend but I have, I have a feeling they'll end up teaming up and and be friends and I mm-hmm. and I have a feeling it's gonna end with Boba Fett going, you know, you don't have to follow the way. You can come be my partner. Come with me. We make a great team. Yeah. And uh, Mando being like, nah, sorry, son. This is the way. Bye. Right? Yeah. 
like that's that's the kind of thing this show would do um we'll see we'll see where it goes but it wasn't a surprise anyway that tomorrow morrison was in this i was just waiting for him to show up yeah and he shows up shows up at the very end um the easter egg i was referring to though was the item that the tuscan raiders recover from the dead body of the crate dragon yeah okay do you remember this moment? Yeah, it looks like it a ha- giant it happens pearl or whatever. Right before the big reveal. It's a pearl. Uh, I don't know what this is. I But I asked my buddy Johnny Mac, you know, our friend over in England, who's like more into this stuff than I am. He's like into the Clone Wars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says that, uh, that this pearl apparently is a, a thing that can somehow power lightsabers. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But I guess it's some so valuable thing. it's a crystal? <laughs> In, in Star Wars lore, I guess this pearl is some important, valuable thing, oh, yeah? and I have I have a feeling it's an Easter egg. It's going to come back uh, in some way. Okay. Um, like maybe it's the reason Tamara Morrison is watching. Maybe Boba Fett is going to come get that pearl from the Tuscans. Mm. Uh, maybe it's not the armor he's after, um, but we'll see. I guess. Yeah. Oh, Isaac Singleton was in this episode. weird anyway um so yeah it ends with uh the big reveal uh boba fett's here he's watching mando what's gonna happen next anyway no i didn't know anything about that yeah that about wraps up episode chapter nine of uh mandalorian the marshal kevin i uh i complained about it a lot um (laughs) What's I that? played about it a lot, um, yes, but yes, I, did. I, I, did, I didn't hate it. Uh, I, again, I, you know, I, I said it earlier. I said a couple of things elevate this episode for me. Timothy Oliphant mm-hmm. elevates it. Yeah. Um, the way Jonathan, the way John Leguizamo probably couldn't find the character to fit the dialogue that he was given. Okay. Timothy Timothy Oliphant has none of that problem. Right. Uh, I I don't worry with the the, the the dialogue in his hands. Uh, I just I just. I just enjoy him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this big action sequence, uh, the third act of this is really cinematic, really cool, was worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like everything that, that, that they brought to, to get there was recycled, 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 mm-hmm. recycled. And we're only in season two. Like, we can't just rest on completely familiar stuff already. Like, I... Again, again, if they ever hunt down a creature in a hole again, I'll probably be out at that point. But uh, <laughs> I, I did think this episode was worthwhile. I think it was uh, a decent episode. Okay. Uh, if I was gonna, if I was gonna rate it out of ten, I would give it. Uh, you know what? That 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 final action sequence was great. Uh, so I'll give it six point nine. Okay. Not quite, not quite a seven, but but still pretty cool okay uh for me i thought it was a solid uh solid entry into the into the mandalorian uh, lore uh i did feel the same way as you um it was very reminiscent of and just like you i was comparing it to that village uh episode yeah um I don't think it was as bad as that village episode. Definitely, uh, no. I do agree with you. That was the worst. Uh, the worst episode. I didn't, yes. and even like like you, I didn't hate it. Uh, you hated it. I didn't. Oh, yeah. um, but I did think it was the worst entry in so far to date. 
in the, I've heard in the a bunch of people come around on. I've heard a bunch of people come around to my side on that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Recently, anyway. Like, like I said, I I didn't hate it. I um, not yeah. as much as you did. I I didn't yeah. I didn't I didn't have uh, as much problems with you. But again, I I do agree with you. It was the worst. It was the worst of of, of the franchise so far. I have seen a lot of improvements since yeah. then. I, I will I will admit. But yeah, uh, no, I did compare it to the whole. Um, um, what's what was the creature's name again? Longhorn, the Longhorn. Yeah, the Longhorn. Yeah, yeah I did compare it to the Longhorn as well. Like I felt it was very reminiscent of that, except it was it was it was bigger than that. It they 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 took that episode and and turned it up to eleven. <laughs> right. So. Right. Right. Totally. But yeah, no, I, I I do agree with you in that in that respect. Um, I did feel a little bit of recyclableness, but again, I thought this episode was fine. It stood it stood uh on its own with its own little storyline. I liked I liked how um, uh, what's his face like found or he bought the the armor from the Jawas and all that stuff. I thought it was a nice little twist, and yep. there was a nice there was a nice little um. You know, throwbacks sprinkled through throughout the entire episode. Um, going back to Tatooine, obviously, um, I did like the ending with uh, with Tamara. Is his name Tamara Morrison? You said. Yep. Uh, I did like that. Um, there is debate whether or not he is portraying Boba Fett in that scene. Oh, right. You think he might be another clone? It might be a different clone, uh. right? So there is yeah. there is that debate because yeah. he's quote unquote too old to be Boba Fett in that scene, right? So why? it could but, be it could be a different clone, and then we'll meet Boba. Why? Fett. How old should Boba Fett be? Um, apparently, like in his like forties. Apparently, he didn't look that old. He was uh, bald. You can't tell how old. Well, he's bald also the, the actor is pushing sixty. Right, yeah. so that's the. Um, this is not me debating that. I'm just saying uh, this is. So what are I, they I've gonna? Seen, what are they gonna do? Digitally de-age him? It's possible. <laughs> no, but I I was watching other other reviews, and this is one of the things that people were arguing about whether or not that was Boba Fett at the end. So um, personally, I think it, I think it will be Boba Fett, but there is the there is the chance that it's another clone, and we'll meet Boba Fett later on. So they could have just thrown that in, just to hook I, I'm, and sink. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Mando doesn't have enough episodes to be pulling that shit. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, there's it, not going to be that many layers. Yeah, that, you're right. But you know what? Yeah. Uh, again, this isn't me saying that. Uh, this yeah, is. I know. This I is know. other podcasters and yeah, and YouTube channels. I, I I think people are reaching for conversation material because yeah, of course. Every everybody knows almost every detail of what's going to happen in this season mm-hmm. already. So, um, like we never knew before, yeah. And we all have podcasts, and we all need something to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, but again, uh, like I was saying, I um, I did like all this stuff, and I, I I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a good episode. So okay. for me, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. I, I I liked it more than you did. Yeah, yeah. You liked it a lot. Yeah. No, I, um, I liked it. I liked it. So uh, okay. I was I'm very I was very anti them bringing Boba Fett into the the series. Uh-huh. Right, just because I feel like it's weird. Yeah, right, just yeah. because they they killed him. Technically, I I get it. He he could have flew out. He did have a fucking jetpack. <laughs> right, yep. he could have flew out, but yep. um, they didn't show it. I, right? I'm, I'm so, okay. I'm okay with him surviving, and yeah. they might show a flashback of him surviving if they do. If he if he is the character, he might yeah. tell the story of him surviving. Um, 
But one of the reasons I'm, one of the reasons why I didn't want them to bring Boba Fett into it is because when you think of Mandalorians, you think of Boba Fett, and right. I liked that they were not talking about Boba Fett in right. this. You know what I mean? So when right. people are like, "Oh, it's going to be Boba Fett," no, it's not because Boba Fett's fucking dead. Right. <laughs> are they going to bring Boba Fett into this franchise? No, I hope they don't because Boba Fett's fucking dead. Right. Boba so Fett, that was the whole yeah, argument with see. me. Right. And then you now, and I actually differ on that because yeah. he's like one of a few characters who I don't mind coming back. Like I, I didn't have my heart my heart set on it. Yeah, but it really didn't make sense the way he died. Like he, like he should have been able to get out of that situation. I yeah. thought. Yeah, exactly. He had a fucking I'm totally, back. I'm no, totally okay with him getting out of it. Yeah, I, I just want them to show it. I, that's that's yeah. my whole thing. I want them to yeah. show it. Yeah, I think I think I think we will likely get that in a flashback. We'll see. I mean, that would actually require recreating the set from return of the jedi which shouldn't be of uh, the pit yeah which would be With easy enough technology to do, yeah, but i'm do sure you do they that. can do it yeah for but sure. do you do that do you actually go like, back to they don't even return? they don't even have to have jabba's like uh barge there and you know what i mean like all the original the actors don't even have to be there all they have to do is show oh, the pit how cool would that be though show if they had the yeah, it would be awesome, but I'm saying like all they would have to do literally is just have the pit and show Boba Fett coming out of it. That's all I need. That's all they need to show me. Whether it's just his hand coming out <laughs> or if it's him flying out and that's like you just see something shooting out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's all I need to see. But anyways, that's my uh that's my two cents and uh I'm sticking to it. <laughs> okay. Well right. I Okay. One thing I wanted to say is I hope whatever Boba Fett's arc is going to be on Mando. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be brief. I think it's going to be like a guest, like like two episode or three episode at the most Mm -hmm. story arc. And then I think he's going to go. I hope this is what I hope. I hope he doesn't die. Mm -hmm. I hope that he's around for the Obi-Wan series. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I'm I'm hoping that his that his creation in Mandalorian mm-hmm. is just a setup for him to be in the Obi Wan series, because mm-hmm. uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Um. You know, as Mandalorian is fun, but it, it so much of it, like the story, the storytelling is, uh, you know, my, all my complaints about it, kind of are building a case for me in my head that Mando is just a testing ground for the important stuff that's coming later yeah fair uh, enough. The, the important stuff is like oh the obi-wan story yeah uh and uh the rogue one uh spinoff um that's the one i'm really looking forward to yeah okay. uh the, the cassian ander series yeah, yeah because rogue one is the grittiest most realistic feeling star wars movie in my opinion mm. Uh, I think they do the best job with verisimilitude and just feeling like you're in the real dirty uh you know, world when you're supposed to be in a real dirty world. Right. Um, so I, I'm expecting great things from that series. And I, um, I feel like all of this stuff is just testing and proving and, and, and there's a lot of great payoff. It's, it's really fun. It's a fun show. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I hope that, I hope that my bitching about it doesn't <laughs> make people think that I'm just a big ass and I hate the show. Um, <laughs> I don't hate yeah. the show. Okay. Um, I'm pretty down on Star Wars mostly. This is really all we have of Star Wars right now, and it's pretty good. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how they handle the rest of this season. 
and where they're going next week. Um, we may be having uh, our old friend Johnny Mac on next week uh, to talk about uh, episodes one and two. Uh, give us his thoughts. He's not on tonight because it's his birthday. He's celebrating. Happy birthday, Mac. Yeah, um, before before we sign off, Kev, is there, some, is there something that you've been watching lately that you want to talk about? Yeah, so um, just on, actually on Friday as well, um, on Amazon Prime, um, a show called Truth Seekers uh, dropped as well. Um, they did drop the entire the entire series, but I've only caught two episodes so far out of eight. So this is um, this is a show. It's uh, created by uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and they're both in it as well. And this show is actually um, a little bit extra special in my eyes because a few years back, seven to be precise, no eight. Fuck, it was eight years ago. Um, I had the privilege to work on a show slash um, slash movie because they cut it into two different. They cut it into a movie and they cut it into a web series. So I had the uh, privilege to work on the show and uh, meet two Brits who actually came to Toronto to film this. It was a show called Save Our Skins. SOS uh, was the abbreviation, and um, there was a. There was one of the creators, writers of the stars of the show. His name is uh, Nat Saunders. And um, I I really bonded with Nat. Um, he's a huge Star Wars nerd. And we were just shooting the shit about Star Wars. And, you know, and just talking about nerdy shit in general and stuff, right? So really hit it off with Nat. And um, I we I added him on Facebook and whatnot. And and uh, been following him for years. And he's been doing a bunch of stuff, which I've watched. And... This is probably the biggest thing that he's he's probably done, and um, I'm really proud of him. And I I just wanted to give a shout out. Uh, I think people should watch this. Um, like I said, I'm two episodes in, but I'm I'm really digging it. So, cool. so truth seekers, uh, truth seekers. So it's about this dude. Uh, so like I said, I'm just two episodes in, but it's about this dude Nick Frost, who uh, works for this company, which is like a uh, internet company, and it's run by um, Simon Pegg. He's like his boss, whatever, right? And um, so he basically goes to these places to like, you know, fix people's internet. And he he they hire on this new guy to be his like new partner, or whatever, in, in in doing this stuff. So as uh, as the show goes on, we find out that um, that Nick is actually into um, he has his own YouTube channel about like like ghosts, like ghost hunting, just like ghost hunters, like the TV show, whatever. So. Um, he has this like YouTube channel where he tries to like find ghosts and stuff. And this is, this is, um, the story of him, like, like doing that. And we just got introduced to another character. Like I said, I'm only two episodes in who's seeking for Nick's help because she's seeing ghosts. And I'm assuming it's probably going to go completely left field from there. But so far it's really, it's, it's good. I I'm, I'm enjoying it. So a couple episodes. in. Ooh, like I said. Sounds interesting. So yeah. Uh, true seekers on Amazon prime. So, Cool. It's got a 7.3 on uh, IMDb right now, which is pretty good. Cool. I'm not watching anything new yet myself. Okay. I I am still unraveling the fantastic tapestry that is raised by wolves. Okay. I I've, I've finished season one. Uh, the ending was so fucking mind blowing. Uh, 
and there is so much going on. I've been I've been living in on theory videos about Raised by Wolves. There are so many layers to this story. Mm-hmm. There is so it is the smartest writing I've ever seen. Um, I maybe not. Maybe that's hyperbole, but it is so so smart. There's mm-hmm. so much to it. It is hard science fiction that uh, I I think it's too good for television. I don't think it can last. I think it's. I think it's a little too esoteric, a little too hard science fiction to be really popular. But uh, I got to tell my friends if you're into if you're into science fiction and if you're in, if you're into really thinky shows with a lot going on and uh, a lot of theorizing to be made, man, Raised by Wolves is killing it. Right. And um, I just wanted to say, remember earlier in the episode, Kevin, when I was talking about the actress who played. Uh, the uh, Peli Motto is her name. She's the te- the technician at, in Tatooine. Um, mm-hmm. Remember when I said she delivered her dialogue like a voice actress, and I bet she's yeah, got a lot. Of I looked acting. it up. She did do a bunch of voice acting. Amy Sedaris yeah. has, but she's also is a character a, is actor a voice as well. Actress. She's is also a, a character she's actor. A, she's primarily a voice actress, dude. I no, can, but she's a character I'm, actor too because she was in that yeah. show. Um, I, I like I said, I looked it up. Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. The no no the uh, the candy uh, strangers with candy, and if you ever watched that show, I never got into it, but I remember that character. She played the main character. She was so fucking left field, yeah. right? I didn't get into that show, like I said, but uh, her character, like I said, she's a character actor. So anyway, I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to say my random guess was spot on. Yeah, I actually don't see any Star Wars animation in her in her resume before this, yeah. but it's so much animation. Yeah. Oh, she was on 30 rock as well. Um, but man, it's animated show after animated show. <laughs> after animated show, after animated show. Uh, I just want to give another quick, uh, shout out. Um, I meant to do this last week just because the Halloween was coming up, mm-hmm. but, uh, I recently started watching a lot of Friday the 13th, uh, fan films. If right. you know anything about me, I absolutely love fan films. I love Star Wars fan films. Like I, I, I watch so many of them. And then recently, I just started watching Friday the Thirteenth fan films, um, Halloween fan films, um, Friday or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street fan films. I, I try to watch them, but they're not as good. But anyways, um, I came across this like golden, golden, golden treasure called uh, Never Hike Alone. It's on YouTube. And it's like an hour long. I highly, highly recommend it. It's very good. And uh, they recently also released um, the prequel, I guess you could call it. I don't know if it's a prequel or a sequel because it's kind of it's kind of weird. But anyways, uh, called Never Hike in the Snow, which is also really good. It's not as long. It's only like I feel like that one's only like 25 minutes long. But um, right. Both very good, and they actually bring back uh, Tommy Jarvis from Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, like the actual actor. Wow! Yeah, and they also in wow. Never Hike in the Snow they brought back the um, the not the the sheriff, but the I guess the deputy cop. It's the same actor, but that yeah, he's like got gray hair now. It's pretty cool. So yeah, I highly recommend those if you're if you're a Friday the Thirteenth uh, fan. They do a great job. Never hike alone. Never, never hike, hike alone, the... and never hike in the snow. And they also uh, released a Halloween one uh, called. Sorry, give me one sec. Happy Halloween, a Halloween Kills fan film. So it's they kind of pass it off like a deleted scene from the 2018 Halloween film, 
Right. Uh, also very good, very well done. So highly, highly recommend. Uh, they're all free on YouTube, so check them out. Word up. And that's it. That's all I have. Word up, brother. Well, we have gone on at length tonight. We have had a lot to discuss. We have. We discussed it. We, we took care of business, brother. So we did. I, I, we did. I think we're all done tonight, unless there's anything else. That's Is there the anything <laughs> else? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah nothing on nothing from uh for me um yeah i just wanted to they released a trailer for halloween kills last week which i thought was uh it was a teaser but it was it was pretty cool um cool. i'm looking forward to that film they got pushed to next year because of covid unfortunately uh it was supposed to come out this october and then uh the sequel was supposed to come out next year but now covid i have to wait another year to see Damn. my michael myers in action just like the tartan and the corral gone due to covid which one's this sorry the tartan and the corral oh is that a dune reference no it's the two bars in oshawa that are oh right right sorry (laughs) but full circle brother full circle full circle so let's close up episode 58 of tool for this podcast on that note uh uh my brother i will see you next week for more mandalorian sounds good chapter 10 chapter 10 whatever that may be yeah we shall see and uh i don't know i guess until then uh we'll we'll just chill till the next episode Oof. <sighs>